futurists don't necessarily predict the future, but they try yeah. to make sense of the different signals that are coming in to make sense of what potentially could happen. If the kids are moving away from traditional social networks into gaming, and gaming is becoming the new place where they are around the campfire, then how does that change the way you're already doing, you know, communicating with people on social media? What's happening right now is we're in this evolution, once again, from Web 2.0 going into Web 3.0, which connects people, places, and things, or people, spaces, and assets. If you and I have this conversation in 10 years, there might be new metaverse commerce models that we haven't even come across, right? Because we haven't gone that far. From the crypto side and the NFT side, a lot of the hacking that happens is social, social engineering, right? So definitely, if you're in Discord, don't click on links, don't reply to DMs, be very careful. Welcome to Loud and Clear, a podcast produced by Lerma, an ad agency based in Dallas, Texas, that caters to the multicultural consumer and lives under the mantra of creativity for good. This show is created to challenge the way we do things and ask ourselves, how can we do it better as an industry? Our guest today will be very insightful to bring fresh thinking on this challenge. My name is Francisco Cárdenas, your host, and on production, we have Rolf Ruiz. Kathy Hackle is her name, a futurist, author, visionary, strategic keynote speaker that specializes in VR, AR, spatial computing, and the metaverse. She is the founder of the Futures Intelligence Group, worked for Amazon Web Services, Magic Leap, and HTC Vive. She has recently authored two books, The Augmented Workforce and Navigating the Metaverse. She is a champion for women and minorities in tech, which of course jives really well with the work we do here at Lerma. Welcome, Kathy. We were just talking, it's been a little bit over 20 years. I mean, we've been communicating via email and stuff like that. You might or might not know, but you brought me here to Dallas, Kathy, and I've been here ever since in and out. What a ride you've had. It's amazing to see you and where you are. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Francisco. Yeah, like it's been amazing. 20 years already since we were in college. And yeah, I guess I took you to Dallas and you got sucked into the vortex, right? So you've been there the whole time. I love it. So I wanted to start. I mean, I saw I saw that quote you had on your book, the future belongs to those who see the possibilities before they become obvious by John Scully, the former CEO of Apple. And it's something that you almost live by. You're always trying to imagine the future. I am. I've always lived like that ever since I was little, to be honest. Like, I think I've always been a, a futurist. I didn't have a word for it until a couple of years ago. I heard the term futurist. They were describing someone I know and I said, I think that might be me. What is a futurist? <laughs> Wait a second. And then I started researching what a futurist does, what, what, it, what it is actually to be a futurist, right? And I realized, yes, that's exactly how I approach my life and how I view things. And if you look at my career, it's always been something that I've I've, I've I've kind of embraced. So, you know, to be honest, like futurists don't necessarily predict the future, but they try yeah. to make sense of the different signals that are coming in to make sense of what potentially could happen. What are the potential futures, right? That's why my company is called Futures Intelligence. And we can get into that because I just sold the company. It's a whole other story. Oh, love it. Thank you. But it's called Futures because, you know, in reality, 
there could be multiple futures. There's many different factors, right? So you look at multiple potential futures, you try to uh, figure out if you wanted to create that, you know, preferred future, how do you get there? So yeah, it's been something I've always lived my life through, even if you look at my career, like I mentioned. I mean, I was very, very early to live video. Uh, so like Meerkat and Periscope, which are really, you know, those don't exist anymore, but yeah, they're well, first live video apps. <clears throat> seems like Meerkat lasted two seconds. I, I was in South by Southwest when, when yeah. they, when Twitter shut it off and, and and then came up with Periscope. So I love it. So I and I know you, I mean, I know you're super busy. I read your books. I I I, I love super interesting and, and an introduction to the metaverse. But let's jump into the nitty-gritty because I think for our audience, you being an expert on the metaverse and in fact being dubbed the godmother of the metaverse, which I love that. What does this mean for ad agencies uh like ours and how can we leverage it? I would wanna, you know take advantage of the time, how can we build with our clients, especially those who have limited budget to spend or skepticals, you talked a lot, a lot about skepticism yeah. in the book, what can we do to leverage this? Web3, the metaverse. Web3, the metaverse. <laughs> I think the first thing is get away from the hype. Get away from the, the terms, you know, the term metaverse and the term Web3, like they carry a lot of baggage. So any company, any company that I talk to, I say, take, stay, stay, take a step back. And let's talk about what we're talking about here is the future of the internet, right? Mm -hmm. So if the internet <laughs> in all its phases impacted your business, which obviously it did for anyone out there and living nowadays, yeah. then this is going to impact your business again. So start to embrace it and thinking about it that way, not so much around the hype of trying to define the words or trying to figure out, you know, things like that. So I always walk people through the past and I say web 1.0 connected information that gave us the internet, what, that evolved into Web2, which connected people, and that gave us social media and the sharing economy and e-commerce that obviously changed a lot of things for businesses and agencies and brands, right? And mm -hmm. for the multicultural uh, multicultural side very much as well. But we're, what we're, what's happening right now is we're in this evolution, once again, from Web2.0 going into Web3.0, which connects people, places, and things, or people, spaces, and assets. Right, and these people, places, and things can be in fully virtual environments, but will also be in the physical world, right? So when whenever there's a company that has a physical service or a physical product and say, well, this doesn't concern me, like it does because the physical world is part of that future state of the metaverse. So when we head into Web3, we start to create and enable the metaverse, which is most people would agree it's the successor state to today's mobile internet. It is a convergence of physical and digital. It is very important. It is not one technology, so it's not only virtual reality, which a lot of people seem to think it is. It's right. many different technologies, and it is many different companies. It's not just Facebook who changed their name to Meta, right? And it's, so, it seems it's many different ecosystems as well, right? Because when we talk yeah. about decentralized, you could easily land on finding a lot of centralized environments yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. within the space. Yeah, yeah and, and, and that's the thing. It's like, is the future open and decentralized fully? You know, that's what a lot of us want to see or are building towards. Will it all be open and decentralized? That's a heavy, a heavy question for anyone that owns IP, right? So any, even if you're a small business and you own IP, you're probably, you know, open and decentralized. I don't know if I'm, I'm okay with that. I envision the future is going to be a large, there's going to be a large part that will be open and decentralized where there is some level of interoperability where you might be able to take an asset and take it with you in different places. But there will also be, in my perspective, some centralized places that you're going to go to for one reason or another, right? So, so I think we have to be realistic about the future, what the future really looks like. Potentially, it's not going to all fully be open and decentralized. But you asked a very important question. You said, what could anyone from a mom and pop shop 
to, you know, the, the giant companies and brands of tomorrow do. And what I can say is start with education. Very important. Start with education, start to learn, you know, potentially what does this mean? What are the different technologies? How do they play into my, you know, into my customer base and my future customer base, right? If the kids are moving away from traditional social networks into gaming and gaming is becoming the new place where they are around the campfire, then how does that change the way you're already doing, you know, communicating with people on social media? You're eventually going to have to evolve. So starting with education, you know, if you have a bigger budget, starting to do some experiments and innovate, you know, if you have a bigger budget, then yeah, you know, you can look at creating a world, you know, an experience inside Roblox, like Gucci or like Vans, right? So it really is going to depend. But it's, it's, everyone's going to crawl, walk, and run. There's going to be different ways to approach this. But it starts with education. And that's been one of the biggest things that I've been trying to do with, you know, the books that you mentioned, with the LinkedIn courses, with my newsletter, with all the content. Of, you know, I have my own podcast with Adweek called Metaverse Marketing, which says marketing, mm -hmm. but don't let that fool you. It's really a good primer. And that season two is coming. I, I'm trying to put a lot of content out there of value for everyone to level up and understand at the end of the day, this is the, about the future of the internet and how are you preparing for that future? You know, just like the internet impacted your business, you probably need to start preparing yourself for what comes next. Totally. And, and I think that's part of our job. A lot of our clients are coming to us and asking, hey, how do we leverage this? Whether they're already deep into it and they and, and they know it with, with a digital strategy that's robust, or, or they're trying to kind of leapfrog to mm -hmm. the metaverse of web. Some of them, to be honest, Kathy, uh, I shared with you WAC World, which is one of our Super Bowl campaigns with our calls from Mexico. Mm -hmm. I mean, we could argue that it, it, these clients, when we try to build a case for the metaverse, it's, it's like, you're already halfway there. Like you're already, you know, you put an avocado in the blockchain, you've built a virtual world. It's just using the tools that are out there to more engaging and, and, and better navigation, right? Yeah, so, I, I mean. I, I think, yeah, no, I definitely, with Avocados from Mexico, like I definitely think that's one of the brands, you know, that has always been taking, you know, testing things, has always been pioneering, doing things that are, you know, things that people never expect. Right? Why would I want to see an avocado here? But like it pops up and it's wonderful and it's delightful. So I think it's the same way, you know, and it seems like they've already done some things and that's great. I think it's just understanding that it is, that is all part of this further metaverse strategy, right? The big thing for me, and, and I use the title chief metaverse officer, right? That's the title I use. I gave myself that title to start a conversation about the fact that the metaverse is the metaverse and web three are very complex. It's blockchain, it's gaming, it's avatars. It's I mean, there's so many different elements. It's AR, VR. It's like all these different technologies, right? Conversational, you you name it. It's all part of this place that we're heading into. So the conversation that I want to start is who's going to manage these within the organization? Like what kind what kind of characteristics? What kind of training? Who's going to manage all these these things, right? Yeah. And maybe the title won't be chief metaverse officer. I don't care what the title is, but someone is going to have to oversee all these things within the org. And that's where the change starts to happen. Right. And for example, you've got, for example, Telefon Telefonica recently appointed a chief metaverse officer. Her name is Jaisa and she's a woman and she's fantastic. Right. And Very they cool. call her chief metaverse officer. That's her role. Uh, you know, you've got, for example, LVMH that has a head of crypto and metaverse, Nelly, Nelly Mensa, who's a wonderful friend. You've got all these sorts of things starting to pop up with titles, right? People that are overseeing metaverse, whether it's Disney, for example, 
um, taking someone from, I think it was Apple Gaming. I can't remember from where, but they're, mm -hmm. they're starting to create these roles because I think people understand this is different than Web2. You know, the strategies that worked in Web2 don't necessarily translate into Web3 and Metaverse. And I think that's where it starts to get different. And someone's going to have to oversee it. And people are like, well, is that silly? Why would anyone use the title Chief Metaverse Officer? I was like, well, 15 years ago or 20 years ago, when you and I were in college, were there chief digital officers? Were there right. chief content officers? Yeah. Um, right? My title like, did not exist, right? Back then it was copywriter and writer and brand management. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, what you're saying is true. Like somebody that owns the problem and more so that owning the problem owns the opportunity, right? Yeah. And that's thinking constantly about it and what does it mean? I think you mentioned something very interesting, which is some of our clients that come to us and ask us, hey, what about the metaverse, et cetera? But we always kind of ground them and say, at the end of the day, somebody's going to have to grab a spoonful and put the product in their mouth. So it's it's what the metaverse can do in virtual reality or augmented reality or, or whatever these technologies are. But at the end of the day, you need to go back to the very simple thing, which is open your mouth and taste something, right? So how do you build that bridge between those two worlds? It's key, no? Well, it, I think at the end of the day, what we're talking about is new customer journeys and new customer touch points, right? At the end of the day, we are physical beings in a physical world and I'm still gonna buy the avocado, for example, Correct. right? It doesn't mean I don't want the virtual avocado. I might want the virtual avocado, right? Who knows? But it is about these new customer journeys, new customer touch points. So how do brands start to play in those spaces? Right. And start to realize that, you know, eventually you're going to eventually potentially move away from your website and your social media into virtual spaces, right into an actual virtual presence. So starting to change that. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it is about the same, let's say, values and tactics, tactics in a very loose sense uh, of, you know, trying to delight customers, trying to engage customers. The customer is changing, though. Right. Yeah. The customer, our children are, are very different consumers than the way you and I consumed or consume currently. So that is evolving. Right. The, the, what they like to do where they're socializing, the word of mouth that is happening with them is happening in different spaces. Mm -hmm. So I think it's about delighting the customer. Yes. But it's also understanding what are the new customer journeys and the new customer touch points that are evolving as we head into this new era. So question to somebody that would argue and say, hey, well, the metaverse really the basis of the metaverse could be the navigation style or the way you interact with the interface because you could potentially argue and say hey something like social media or something that existed even way before like gaming and Zelda on how you communicate it could potentially be called the metaverse you're in a virtual world uh, you're interacting you're capturing assets or you're interacting with fellows like, what is it that makes the metaverse the metaverse? What makes it different from the things that are already out there? Well, the biggest thing is that the metaverse, the idea of the metaverse is not here yet, right? The metaverse is being built. The actual vision of that full convergence of physical and digital won't happen till about a decade, right? So all these sorts of things that you see, whether it's Second Life, right, for example, or like Zelda, like you're explaining, all these sorts of things are steps towards that metaverse. I call them glimpses of the metaverse or metaverse moments or what have you, but the greater metaverse or that vision of, of fully enabling physical and digital combining together is not here yet. We do not have the infrastructure, the capacity to have multiple devices. Like we, we just don't have that. You're gonna mm -hmm. need 6G, you're gonna need cloud and edge at a level we don't have currently. You're gonna need many different things. So to anyone that says that, it's like, yeah, you are correct. Those were glimpses of the metaverse, just like Second Life was a glimpse of the metaverse. 
Just, and that was 20 years ago, second. Yeah, I yeah. remember I was trying to figure out in the 80s. I mean, he's, he's fantastic. So, so yeah, I mean, those were, those were steps in the right direction, right? But that, that further vision hasn't been fully enabled, right? So it's, it, it's kind of, we're in this kind of weird, we're in this weird moment. And I heard someone describe it once like this, and they said, we're in a high-speed train destination metaverse. We don't know when we get there. We don't even know the stops, but everyone is piling onto that train because everyone wants to get there, right? Whether it is that you want to remain relevant because you're a brand that, that is very relevant and you do not want to use your relevancy, or whether it is a brand that was very apprehensive about especially Web2 and now wants to leapfrog because they didn't go in on social, they didn't go in on e-commerce and they were late to the party and now they want to leapfrog. Mm -hmm. So so yeah, I mean, I think we're all piling into this train heading there. Does, any, does everyone really know where it's going to end up? No, but some of us have a more informed opportunity of understanding where we're going because we've been in it for such a long time. But yeah, th that's kind of what I would say. It's like, yeah, you are correct. Those were glimpses of the metaverse. It was just really early. Yeah. And speaking of piling, I think, or, or the way at least I envision that when we're thinking with our clients is, yes, piling into the metaverse, how does e-commerce look mm -hmm. inside of it? How does uh, generating leads look into it? Which kind of like build that contradiction of of Web3 and, 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 and data privacy, et cetera. But that's something that brands are still interested in knowing their consumers as much as they can. But I see the future as something of how do we connect all these things together in an environment that's easy to navigate and people want to be in, no? Yeah. Well, I think from the commerce perspective, I do a lot of work around metaverse commerce and new commerce models, right? So thinking through those at scale, how do you actually implement those at scale? So, you know, for physical to physical commerce, we all know how to do that centuries you know we've been doing that for you know very long time virtual to virtual commerce has been happening for decades in gaming economies it's just really hot right now where you know i pay a virtual currency for a virtual asset what i'm looking at right now is virtual to physical commerce so commerce that begins in the virtual space that translates into the physical space i might buy a virtual asset that later uh, arrives in my home in physical form or what have you mm -hmm. or physical i'm in a physical i'm at coachella i do something that unlocks something for my skin in, in fortnite right so that's physical to virtual so i'm really interested in looking at virtual to physical physical to virtual at scale how do you actually start to implement those at scale right and i am sure down the line if you and i have this conversation in 10 years there might be new metaverse commerce models that we haven't even come across right because we haven't got gone that far so yeah there is an evolution here and once again the customer journeys and the touch points and how do you go from virtual to physical and physical to virtual? And that's going to get easier and it's going to be, you know, implemented at scale further as we move further along. Mm. Uh, interesting what you said about Coachella. It's almost like in, in, a, in, a, in a world driven by a generation that values so much experiences and, mm -hmm. and real life and virtual experiences, having some sort of trophy, trophy or proof that you were there or leaked mm -hmm. something, which right now might be posting on Instagram. But having goods, digital goods that prove that sounds super cool. There's something called the POA, proof of attendance. And you can actually, it's on the blockchain, but you can actually have it on your phone and like people will airdrop you that you were somewhere or, or what have you. So that's already kind of, kind of, yeah. It, it, I mean, the digital, the digital legacy and the digital lives that we're living are going to become further, you know, further increased by all of these. And a lot of it will be on the blockchain, you know, proving that, yes, you were there, you know. So. Yeah, I'm so happy to see you and to talk about this and to kind of like jump real quick into your head and your brain and your knowledge. Quick, like something I did want to ask you is what risks mm -hmm. or watch outs? Because I know there's a lot of things happening in the metaverse and like anything in life or in the world, 
there's the positive, but then also the bad guys come in and stuff like that. What should we we be watching out for, especially in the world of cryptocurrency and when you're, you know, people putting real money into it and real skin? What recommendations do you have or experiences that you could share with us? Yeah, so from the crypto crypto side and the NFT side, a lot of the hacking that happens is social, social engineering, right? So definitely if you're in Discord, don't click on links, don't reply to DMs. Be very careful, you know, don't share your, you know, your 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 private keys. So those sorts of things are very critical. I would say from the other perspective is starting to think right now about privacy and data and, and how does that all play into, you know, into governance and into into how you approach this new future. Right. If if people actually start to own their data because it's on the blockchain and they can say who gets their data, then looking looking beyond ad revenue, ad driven revenue, I think is going to be really important. It's it's going to change. That's one of the reasons I think a company like Meta is looking at what is the next phase of where we're going, because the ad revenue models of today of the Web2 era potentially won't work in Web3. So, yeah. you know, they got to look elsewhere <laughs> uh, for growth and opportunities. So. Which goes back to the, you know, the business models in, in, in our industry, in, in, in the ad advertising industry should and probably will change in the future from how do we make money to how do we add value to our clients' business. Do you foresee a lot of these companies, Upland, et cetera, being absorbed by these big players like even Apple or, or, or Meta, or do you think they're going to keep independent? What have you heard? I don't know. I mean, and I cannot speak to Upland, right? Because I don't have visibility into their their future roadmap. But what I'd say is, I mean, we are going to see some consolidation. We're going to continue to see some of that. I do think some of the the Web three players, like the Sandbox, or you know, or, or you know, or, or the Central Land, will continue to be, you know, their themselves. They might acquire people. And they might start yeah. to acquire folks. So, yeah, we'll yeah. see. Okay. Well, Kathy, thank you so much. This has been the godmother of the metaverse. This is loud and clear. Please follow us, uh, listen to our podcast. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcast, anywhere where you listen to your podcast. Kathy, is there anywhere where people can follow you? Uh, of course, I recommend Navigating the Metaverse. It's an amazing book. It's on Amazon. Try to get it. But Kathy, if you want to add anything as far as handles or things that you have yeah. going on that you want to share with our audience, you're welcome to do so. Yeah, I'm Kathy Hackle, C-A-T-H-Y-H-A-C-K-L everywhere on social media. I also have a, a, a an NFT community that will be launching called People of the Metaverse. So oh. join us if you're interested. And yeah, that's it. Thank you for having me. We'll be in touch. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this. And this was a, a long time in the making. So I appreciate it. Bye. Have a great day. Ciao.